This is the Floorball Guru Podcast, episode 88. Welcome back to the Floorball Guru Podcast, and welcome to 2021. It's been a little while since the last podcast, and I kind of used that time, specifically the back end of the of 2020, and uh, up till now, just kind of taking some time for myself, from my family, taking a little bit of a break, um, trying to regroup and refocus and think about kind of what are the next steps that I want to take floorball uh, for me. Now, again, when I talk about a lot of the different things, um, you know, these are, these are my viewpoints and, and the way that I'm trying to view what I think is the right approach. And the approach that I'm going after is not always going to be the right approach for you or for somebody else. If you're thinking this is a better direction for me, then by all means do that. I'm just trying to give my thoughts and opinions based on the things that I'm seeing, doing, and the experiences that I've had and in, in kind of working through a number of different things for the past you know, 15 or so years, focused specifically in the realm of youth sports and development and things like that. And for me, when I look at where I want my programs and where I think the best action will be in the long term is still development of kids to play the sport. And I will always push that. I will scream it from the mountaintops. I've said it on multiple different occasions that that is where the development and the growth of the sport lies. However, my opinion, and I'm very strongly with this, it does not lie in the development of clubs and leagues for the sole purpose of developing travel teams to travel the country, to travel the world, to do this stuff. While I think there is some benefit for that and people are looking for that, for me and the programs that I'm trying to push and create, I don't think that that is where I'm going at all. I'll support and say good luck, but I probably am not going to participate or you know, those kinds of things. And there's a maybe a misconception or a misunderstanding when I'm developing, you know, like my my programs that I do in my town. I teach them. I do them myself. I go and I do it on my own time, outside of my day job, to develop programs. And you know, I'll get inquiries from folks that are saying, "Hey, bring your youth team to whatever tournament." Great. I'm glad that there's people that are doing that. However, for me and what I'm trying to do is not perpetuate a travel team, especially right now with COVID. I have zero interest in traveling. But the other thing is, is I'm not doing this full time. I don't make a ton of money off of the off the programming enough to necessitate taking more time and money away from my family. So I'm really cognizant of that. That's not where I want to be. That doesn't mean that somebody else doesn't want to do that. And I have nothing against them wanting to do that. But for me and where I'm going with, I see nothing that I want to be doing that at this, at this time. Um, and I think there's a lot of value to that because I think if we just focus on that, you're going to run into the same problems you're always running into is I'm developing this because my kids are involved and they really like it. So I'm going to create opportunities for them. Nothing wrong with that. I'm doing that right now. My kids are now at the age where they can participate in my programs and their skill level is, is quite good that if we did do leagues and do those things, they would probably participate if they chose to and, and would succeed but again, I'm running into the issues of what do I do when kids hit that certain age? 
and that age is that 12, 12 and up, uh, where there isn't the same path. And at the same time, then you bump into kids that are playing a lot of other sports. Um, they're starting, they're being forced to make choices at early age of what sport they can play because some are year round and all the other stuff. And there's, there's a whole different set of topics you could dive into like crazy. But for me, what I'm thinking about, how do we engage kids? How do we engage families? And how do we almost come back to the core of what youth sports is and should be in my opinion? And I know I'm not alone in that opinion, but it's developing opportunities for kids to play. And it, it, yes, there is structure to it, but there's also an air of freedom and an ability to uh, be creative within that structure. It just takes an ability and a willingness to let that happen. And some people are really good at that. Some people aren't. Sometimes it's a control thing. Sometimes it's, you know, they just maybe don't know how to process that and kind of work through the stages in order to, to kind of create a, a good base and a boundary for that to, to happen. And that's okay. Again, I'm not out here saying everyone needs to be doing the, the same things that I'm trying to do, but I think personally, that's the, that's the right way that for me, and that's the way I'm going to push it because I see the beginning stages. I can see where the end game is. I can see that. No problem. That's, that's easy to see, but how do we get there is a slog and too many people want it to happen overnight. Hey, I just started this program and I've got 12 to 16 kids between ages nine and 12 or so on and so forth. They're really into it. I want to create more opportunities, all great things. Um, you know, how do we get that to the next level? My challenge to that would not be We'll go to get everybody on a plane and fly to another tournament. My challenge would be, how do you grow that from that point? And it may take years, two years, three years. And some people may not have that time. And some people may not be willing to jump into that, but it, it, it's going to happen and it, it's not easy. Um, but I think there is definitely a space for it. It's just, how do we frame it? And then we're too many people right now are focusing on the end game instead of the beginning of the game. How do we get kids involved and how do we, how do we build it from there? And a lot of it is that education piece. What is the sport? Why is it valuable? What is the difference between floor hockey specifically and floorball? Because those are the two comparisons we see all the time, specifically in the States where floor hockey is known. People understand it. They've played it. They've done to some, or oh, did it in physical education classes or, or whatever that may be. What is the difference and why is it important to, to look at this alternative option or variety of a similar sport? And if you go back through podcasts and blogs for the last three and a half years, you'll see all kinds of information where I've tried to suss out that specific topics. I'm not going to do that right now, but I think, you know, as, as I look into the future of the sport, that is where I'm going. And if I can help bring people along to, to do that, I think that there's a lot of value and I'd love to do that. You know, I do have a lot of different ideas of things that have done, things that have succeeded, things that have failed. But again, it is my perspective, not necessarily yours. So if you agree with it, great. If you don't agree with it, great. I would love to have a conversation with you and, and even learn from you 
because there's things you've tried that I haven't. Or just because it hasn't worked for me doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. And I think we have to get away from the idea that there is one answer. There's not one answer. There's not one program. There's not one league or tournament or anything that's going to push anything over than, than something else. It's a culmination of getting people on the same page that's educated and pushing towards a similar goal. Look at and development of any sport. That has been the case. Um, and it's hard because you have to rely on people to do things of their own time, of their own money, of their own accord. And personally, I would encourage you, if you are really wanting to get in this, other than you simply enjoy the game, there does have to be some skin in it, at least coming back to, to keep you involved. And if that means you have to charge a fee for the program, charge a fee for the program. You're having to pay for insurance anyway. Why not just get people to buy into it and then cover those costs? You don't have to necessarily make money on it, but break even. And how many kids do you need in a year to break even with your website costs, your um, your p- credit card or payment processing costs, insurance, equipment? Break that out, and over a two- or three-year span, you should easily be able to cover that you know, really in a year, if you've done it right and, and kind of bridge the fact from there. So I think there are a lot of different options out there. And frankly, if you're out there trying, I salute you, no issues with what you're doing, but if we have differences on how we get to the end goal, that's just part of the process. So hopefully in the end, we get to where we want to go and that's what matters. So Wherever you are, I hope you are safe. I hope your family is safe and healthy. I hope we're getting through this because there's a lot of different stuff. In my area, we're still dealing with COVID um, and restrictions and struggling. How do we figure out how to, how to get back to some semblance of, of normalcy and play and all the above? And um, I hope that where you are, you're having a little bit of an easier time with that. And if you're not, that's okay because this will pass. And I'm, I am, I'm certain of that and excited for when that day comes. Um, but I'd really like it to be now. (laughs) I think everybody would. Um, so yeah. So again, if you're looking for more information, uh, check out my website, www.floorballguru.com. And more importantly, keep floorballing.